Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Welcome to the Liturgical Lowdown for the month of October. I'm your host, Lisa Cotter, and in this episode, I'll be giving you insights, histories, and ideas on how to celebrate and integrate the liturgical life of the Catholic Church into your own home this month. If this is your first time listening in to a liturgical lowdown, scroll back to Season 4, Episode 4, How to Liturgical Living, and give it a listen to get the most out of this episode. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Well, hey there, friends. Lisa here with another liturgical lowdown. I'm so excited. We are in the month of October. I just love the fact that here in the United States, the weather is cooling down, leaves are starting to change, and October feast days are awesome. The first week is completely loaded, as you will see. So before we dive into the feast days, let's go through some of the basics. So this month's monthly devotion is to the Holy Rosary. I'm guessing all of us are familiar with the rosary. That's a total Catholic staple. But as a little review here, the rosary was given to St. Dominic. Mary gave it to him in the year 1206. So poor guy, he had been praying and doing severe penance, as they say, because of his lack of success in combating the, I believe you pronounce it, Albigazian heresy, um, which basically says that all material created things are are evil, right? So material creation is evil, which we know is not true because right at the beginning of Genesis, as God creates over and over and over again, he says, it is good, it is good, it is good. So he's trying to figure out how do I combat this? And Mary comes to him like she does, and she praises him for his efforts and his fight against these heretics and says, here's the rosary, which is going to be a weapon for you in this world and in these kinds of fights. So that is where the rosary came from, and that is what we are meditating on as a church this month, the Holy Rosary. And in particular, on October 7th is the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, which was first actually known as Our Lady of Victory. And the reason that this this date is October 7th is because it commemorates an event that happened on October 7th, 1571. So this is one of our oldest standing feast days of the church, um, and it commemorates the Battle of Lepanto. So basically what was going on is Spanish Catholics were um, trying to be overrun by Turkish Muslims, and they were trying to take over Europe, beginning with an infiltration of Spain, which if you know your history, you know that, that there was definitely a more influence, and there were Moors, as they would uh as, as kind of we refer to it in history, the Moors had invaded into Spain and were making grounds over various times throughout history. And so this particular battle here was a battle at sea in which the Spaniards were um, clearly the underdog. And so through um, the instruction of St. Pope Pius V, 
all of Europe was praying the rosary. He said, pray for the rosary to end this invasion of Europe. And so in addition um, to praying the rosary for this, just a little side note here, um, one of the admirals of the fleet was actually also carrying a copy of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which happened just like 50 years prior to this Battle of Lepanto. Anyways, there's a really cool history behind it, but this is why we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Rosary on October 7th is because this is the day that they won their victory. And it was attributed to uh, Mary's intercession, particularly through the rosary. And there's also just that cool little Guadalupe uh, tie. So if you want more on that there, I will link to a YouTube from Ascension Press. They have this series called the Epic Series. And there's about a 10, 15 minute clip that really explains the Battle of Lepanto and all this connection, which is pretty cool. All right, so some ways to celebrate and meditate on the rosary this month. Uh, let's go obvious. Pray the rosary. Probably didn't need to state that. I will throw out a couple of things. If you have young kids and you're wanting to pray the rosary more as a family, um, keep in mind that that is, can be, I should say, kind of a hard task to commit to because it can be a little frustrating when you're trying to pray and everybody's climbing on each other. And so I would just encourage you, you know what, if they climb on each other, so what? That's what happens. That's family life. Everybody doesn't need to be sitting piously praying with their hands folded and on their knees in complete meditation, levitating, right? That's just not family life. So a couple of little tips for praying the rosary with the family would be, we just, we find ways for our kids when they're younger to kind of engage uh, with their hands so they're busy. So one of the simplest things we do is we just give them a pipe cleaner and pony beads, those little, those little plastic beads. And they put a pony bead on the pipe cleaner after each Hail Mary. So then they have something to do to keep track. Uh, another thing we do is uh, you can give them a dry erase board, draw 10 circles and have them erase the beads as you go. Um, you could also give them little, um, there's number cards where they can practice tracing their numbers after each bead. They would, you know, trace the number one and then the number two. So, I mean, just coming up with ways of engaging kids to help with the rosary is a way to make family rosary time a little easier. I mean, not easier is not the right word, but just a little more calm. There we go. Sure. All right. So beautiful thing to do this month in light of the fact that it is the month of the Holy Rosary would be this is a great month to do St. Louis de Montfort's Total Consecration to Mary, um, which is a about a month-long devotion um, where you are praying the rosary most of the days, and then at the end you consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary, which is pretty cool. There's also kind of a modern version of it. It's called 33 Days to Morning Glory. You can also check that out. And I would also suggest uh, The Secrets of the Rosary by Louis de Montfort, who wrote the Total Consecration to Mary. So I will put links to all that in the show notes. As with everything else in this episode, there's going to be tons of links in the show notes. So if you're like, I'm not going to remember that. Don't worry. Just go to the show notes. All right, so something else to do, a little way to decorate your house during this month. Actually, how we always have these up in our house is we have a set of images of the rosary. So there's 20 individual images. I think they're all five by seven. And they're from the Magnificat. So that that magazine that you can get that has the readings and a meditation and kind of the, the prayers of the church for the the month that's sent to you, they have these beautiful images that look a lot like the images on the covers, which are always so beautiful. So what they've done, they're actually greeting cards, but I framed them and you can get them, all 20 of them for only 10 bucks, which is 
a massive steal. So you get them for 10 bucks. I'll put the link in there. And then you can get frames for like two or three bucks, just cheap five by seven frames. And we hang them up kind of as a grid. So all 20 of them are hanging up in kind of our prayer room and our house. And when we pray the rosary, sometimes what we'll do, again, to engage the kids is we'll actually take down the mystery that we're praying and let the kids, um, the younger kids, look at that mystery as we pray. So that is a really cool way of decorating. I will make sure to put a link in there and I'll try to find a picture. They're not currently hung up because um, we're in the middle of getting ready to paint our walls. I think I might have a picture somewhere where I can hang them up so you can kind of see a visual of this. But that is a neat thing to do during this month or really just throughout the house, throughout the house, throughout the year. Good time. All right. Uh, an additional book that I would add to those consecration books would be Praying the Rosary Like Never Before by Dr. Edward Shree. Great book that gives you meditations to go through with each mystery as you're praying through those 20 and just really explaining what those mysteries are from a biblical perspective and traditional perspective. Uh, Great way to really add to your meditation of praying the rosary and understanding of it. Food for this feast this month. There are some fun mamas out there who have made entire cupcake rosaries. So they use big cupcakes for the Our Father beads and then mini cupcakes for the Hail Mary beads and make a whole little cupcake rosary. You could also do this with muffins. And if you're like, that's a lot of work, um, you know, and you don't have like 95 people, well, I guess it wouldn't, wouldn't take 95, but 50 people to eat your cupcake rosary. You could even just do this with like peanut M&Ms for the Our Fathers and regular M&Ms for the Hail Marys. You could just do that with your kids and make a little edible rosary. At some point this month or on this feast day, October 7th. And then I'm also going to link to uh, Jared Dees' blog, thereligionteacher.com, which is just chock full of amazing resources. He has a great roundup for the rosary worksheets, ways to make rosaries, games, activities, all kinds of stuff. So I'm just going to link to his rosary, like, roundup resource page, and you can get tons more ideas because there's so much we can do with the rosary. Also of note this month, while not like a traditional or a explicitly liturgical thing, this is here in the United States at least, uh, perhaps in the world, I don't know, but I know in the United States that October is Respect Life Month, and this is a month where we really, uh, you see a lot um, about life issues floating around in church and just a month to make sure that we're not forgetting and we're remembering life issues. So it's very much a backed um tradition by the USCCB, which is the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So I'm going to link to their page on how you can get involved in Respect Life Month this month. All right, Pope's monthly intention. Monthly intention for this month is an evangelization intention. So this is what the uh, Pope has asked us to pray for as a universal church, and that is the mission of religious The prayer is that consecrated religious men and women may bestir themselves and be present among the poor, the marginalized, and those who have no voice. So that's what Pope Francis is asking us to pray for as Universal Church this month. Some actions to take here would be to write that intention down on a chalkboard, dry erase board, letter board, like I say every month, and you can place it in a prayer space. This would also be a great month to give to a missionary order that you believe in, and also a great month if you have a friend who is in a missionary order, a friend who's in the religious life, 
uh, perhaps abroad serving in a foreign mission or, or even in your own country serving the poorest of the poor here and the marginalized great month to write a letter to them and just encourage them and let them know that you are praying for them in a particular way this month i'm sure that they would be very touched and grateful for your prayers this month time for the feast days as always we're going to do a deep dive into a few feast days as you'll notice this is very front loaded the uh yeah this first week just has a ton of stuff and then i'll give you just a few more that we can't go into detail with to round out the month just so you know what's going on so starting with the first of the month october 1st we have the feast of saint therese of lisieux also known as and what you might see it on the calendar is therese of the child jesus same person don't get confused it is her memorial on October 1st. She is well-loved, well-known. She's the little flower. She's the French woman who spent her life cloistered in a convent and died of tuberculosis at a very young age. I think it was 24. So you're probably somewhat familiar with her. Um, and because of her intensity, even though she wasn't intellectually like educated, you know, she didn't have a philosophy and PhD or something, or PhD in philosophy, she is a doctor of the church because of her deep understanding of spirituality, her little way, which is um, kind of what encompasses her spirituality. So she is a doctor of the church because she's awesome. So I'm going to link to a prayer that you can pray. Uh, it's going to be the morning offering of St. Therese, which is kind of a cool way. You can start your morning the way St. Therese started her morning with her prayers and uh, some books for this feast day. Of course, Story of a Soul, which is her autobiography, which uh, the reason it came about is because her sister, who was also her mother superior, commanded her to write it down. So that's why she wrote an autobiography, not because she's vain, but because you have to do what Mother Superior says. And she um, was just being obedient to Mother Superior. It's a spiritual classic. If you've never read it, you must read it. That is just sort of a commandment of God, I'm pretty sure. Uh, some other books for this month, or for her feast, I should say, would be The Way of Trust and Love, which is a guided retreat by St. Therese of Lisieux by Jacques Philippe. I love Jacques Philippe. I am currently making my way through that book. Um, I actually have two, two books I'm using for a prayer right now, and I kind of keep bouncing back and forth, which makes it slow to finish either one of them. But this is one book that I have been making my way through. Just great, great insights into all the classic stories from Story of a Soul. And he takes them, pulls them out, and you can meditate on them in your prayer time. Also, 33 Days to Merciful Love. So earlier I mentioned 33 Days to Morning Glory, which is great uh, for Consecration to Mary. 33 Days to Merciful Love um, is a second book that was um, written in this same kind of style. Uh, I believe it's Father Michael Gately. I don't know why I don't have this in my notes here, but I think he's the one who wrote both of these books. It'll be in the show notes. Anyways, it is another kind of do-it-yourself retreat with St. Therese of Lisieux, and it's 33 days uh, there as well. And at the end, um, the consecration is to divine mercy, which is beautiful. Lastly, when it comes to books, there is this sweet little series that was written, I want to say, in the 40s and 50s by the Mary Knoll sisters, and they're called Treasure Catholic Treasure Box Books. And they're kind of like highlights for Catholic kids, but they're like super old school and like super sweet. So in the first uh, six books, they tell stories of little St. Therese, and they're just so darn cute. So I will link to that. You can get 
uh, the set of um, all 20 of them if you want, but the first six feature stories of St. Teresa Lisieux. So if you have them or if you're thinking of getting them, what I've done with those is I bought all 20 at once and then I slowly gave them to my oldest daughter when she was little. So she might get one on a feast day. She might get one um, for Easter. And then eventually she got all 20, um, very slowly gave those to her. So that was fun. Movies for St. Therese. There's The Miracle of St. Therese from 1960, which is on both uh, streaming. You can get it stream, stream it on Amazon Prime for free. Also on form.org if you have an account with them. And then there is uh, Therese from 2006. So I will link to those crafts for this month. There's um, any flower craft, really. Not this month. Sorry for this feast day. Any flower craft because Therese is a little flower. And also, I'm going to link to a really cute little, uh, real quick, you can download it, print it for free, little paper doll of St. Therese with accessories. And um, that comes from Paper Dolly, uh, D-A-H-I, I think. It'll be in the show notes. Sorry. So um, you can click that, print it off, and decorate a little St. Therese paper doll on this day. Two more things. Food. There's so much on St. Therese. She's so amazing. Food. She was French, so French food. You can have French toast. You can have crepes. You can have eclairs, which were Therese's favorite treat. In fact, when she was sick in her, um, you know, infirmary, she'd ask for eclairs. That was her, like, little treat she wanted. And then also you could make any food in the shape of a flower, too. You can make all kinds of stuff there. So I'm going to connect to a website, much like with the rosary, an all-encompassing website, Shower of Roses the Shower of Roses blog. So I'm going to link to that because um, she's really got it covered. She, Shower of Roses after St. Therese, so you can imagine. And if you've never been to Shower of Roses, I just love this blog. She's so great. And the liturgical stuff and ideas that she has are so fantastic. So you can go check that out and celebrate St. Therese. All right. Next day, October 2nd, is the Feast of the Guardian Angels which is a memorial and a prayer for today that would be appropriate, of course, would be the traditional angel of God, my guardian dear. So I'll link to that and a couple of other angel prayers um, that you can pray on this day. Um, it's just a great day to remember that we have a guardian angel and that that guardian angel has been assigned to watch over us and uh, keep us from harm and from danger. And it's just a good reminder to call upon them in uh, when you need some protection and when you need some support. So a couple of books. There's a really sweet children's book called Pasqual and the Kitchen Angels. It's about this um, novice, I guess, um, this monk who is told that he's in charge of cooking and he doesn't know how to cook, so he just prays and then the angels come and cook for him. It's quite cute. There's uh, Angel in the Waters, which is a great book for Respect Life Month. It's about... Um, an angel who's watching over a baby in the womb and uh, kind of conversing with this baby and you see the baby grow and the mommy's tummy. It's really sweet. And then the angels, God's messengers and our helpers, which is a St. Joseph picture book. Those are the little, um, kind of like the smaller books. They're probably like five by seven and there's just like, they're really short, but there's just like a ton of them. There's one on like every saint. They're for little kids. Anyways, that's the one on the angels. If you haven't seen those, click the link. Food that would be appropriate for today, angel food cake and angel hair pasta. Why not? How sweet is that? And you could also make an angel craft. There's a billion and one angel crafts ideas. All you got to do is just go to Pinterest or, or search online. And then finally, um, I'm going to link some 
audio stories about angels. So there is online, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, these little children's sermons, um, and the series is called Angel Food, Little Talks for Little Folks. And uh, there's a sweet lady who has put all of these into audio for free on LibriVox, so you can listen to those. So I'm going to link to two of those. One's called The Devil with the Long Tail, and the other one is called Nuggins. And those are just little like 10 minute little audio sermons. So they're they're sermons that she's reading from a priest and um, sermons for kids. So there's two little sermons there on on angels that you could listen to while you make angel hair pasta. There you go. All right, uh, we're skipping October 3rd. There's nothing major then, but October 4th is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. It's his memorial. We all know St. Francis. I mean, this week is just heavy and like well-known saints. So he's right, the founder of the Franciscans, and he's known for his love of animals and the environment and, and saying, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. And here's the thing. Poor guy. We have such a false view of him in our modern culture. Um, so first of all, I hate to burst your bubble, but he never said preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. In fact, I recently just heard that... Um, this was from uh, Trent Horn has a new book out, like things the saints never said or something like that. Anyways, um, this notion of this phrase was like in the 90s or something is when we started fabricating it that he said this. I don't know, because maybe I guess we didn't want to have to like defend the faith or talk about our faith. And so we attributed St. Francis with this weird quote. It's very bizarre. I don't even know how this happened. Maybe it's in the book. You should read it. So... Yeah, he never said that. But St. Francis was this bold, outspoken guy who apparently found it necessary to use words all the time. There's stories about how he would like crash these high society parties and stand on a chair and start preaching. So I, even if he did say it, apparently um, there were a few times where it wasn't necessary to use words in his world. And then his love for, for the earth. Um, this is kind of complicated to get into, but I'll try to sum it up here. Basically, it comes from this profound, deep, profound understanding of the fact that God is the creator of everything and the sustainer of everything. And so God's like very breath is in everything. And so it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I just love the environment. It was like, no, I love the environment because God and I love animals because like God sustains everything and is the creator of everything. And it's just this this deep deep understanding of that. And so that's a really bad short version of it. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's important to understand Francis a little more for who he actually was. So some prayers for this month. <laughs> After saying all that, I will link to the animal blessing because that's what we do on his feast day. It's good. Animals are good. They're not, they're not bad. God made them and said it is good, right? So I will link to that. And also the canticle of the sun, which is kind of his... Um, you know, praise for creation, but you should read it. Not, not the song version that we sing at church, which is kind of an adaptation, but you should read his actual Canticle of the Sun and you'll see um, kind of some of the pieces that are missing that show his profound understanding of creation as opposed to just like, yay for brother, son, and sister moon. But like, no, no, no. Like he begins with this great praise of God, the creator. So there you go. All right. Books. Lots of books on St. Francis. We all love St. Francis. I'm going to link to five of them. I'll just leave it at that if you want some books. There you go. Adio. Brother Francis, the barefooted saint of Assisi. 
10-part audio drama that you can get. It's like four hours and 20 minutes, I think, through the Augustans. So you can get it. If you have a form.org account, you can stream it. We actually, as a family, well, I should say the kids and I have been listening to it on our way home from school each day. It's so well done. Like, seriously, it's so well done. So if you have form.org or if you want to get online and you can purchase it, I highly recommend it. It's it's just, it's great. Really cool. Everybody loves listening to it. So um, we're hoping to finish that before his feast day. Um, and Francis is who my son chose as his confirmation saint. And no, I don't have a high schooler. He um, is in third grade. We have restored order. That's for another podcast. <laughs> All right. And if you're like, ah, Lisa, four hours and 20 minutes, that's way too long. Quiet Waters Inc. has a 30-minute audio drama. So I will link to that as well if you want the 30-minute version. Movies, Claire and Francis is available. And food, great day for the simplest of the simple animal crackers. I'm at the Augusta Institute right now as a student, and we had class on the Feast of St. Francis last year. I showed up, and there were animal crackers at my seat. So it brought a smile to everybody's face because we all knew what it was for. So there you go. Another fun kind of silly food you can do, non-traditional food here, would be having donuts that have um, brown frosting on them because it looks like the tonsure, which is St. Francis's haircut, where he would shave the middle of his head. Anyways, that's kind of another funny, silly one that we've done before. We've made homemade donuts on his feast day and had St. Francis tonsure donuts. There you go. All right. Next day, told you, first week's crazy. October 5th, Feast of St. Faustina Kowalski, optional memorial. Uh, she is the saint we know and love because of, uh, the way that she has spread divine mercy. So on February 22nd, 1931, so really not that long ago, Jesus appeared to Faustina in Poland and he came to her as, um, this, this king of divine mercy. And he continued to come to her until, um, 1930. This, my notes don't make sense. It says 1983.2. That doesn't work. He came to her for, I think, probably about eight years or so. Um, and he gave her during that time, um, I mean, you can read her diary. There's just, there's tons of details in what he said to her during their meetings. But one thing he brought to her was a Divine Mercy Chaplet. And he asked that we pray it at three o'clock each day to remember Jesus's uh, death on the cross, the hour of mercy. So the second thing that he asked of her was to have a picture painted of him as, um, as she saw him, which was in this white robe with these rays coming out, um, red on one side, white on the other, um, kind of streaming from his heart. And they represent the red being blood and the white being water that flowed from Jesus's side on the cross of the water and the blood that flowed from his side. Um, and then under the word, Jesus, I trust in you. So both of these were given to her to give to the world, to remind the world of God's mercy. And this was a time in the church when people were really worried about hell. Um, they were really concerned about damnation. And so he wanted to remind the world that, that, that he is merciful and that he loves, and we just need to, to repent and return to him. So prayers for today would be the Divine Mercy Chaplet, of course. I'll link to that. Books would be the Diary of St. Faustina. You can read these encounters that she had with him. Video. Um, there is a video series um, called Divine Mercy and the Second Greatest Story Ever Told. It's a 10-part series. Um, it's on form.org. I feel like form.org is all over this month here. Um, 
it's mostly the story of JP2, but there's, of course, this tie to Divine Mercy, and JP2 himself is the one who instituted Divine Mercy Sunday, which is the Sunday, I believe, after Easter, and um, really wanted to to put forth what Faustina was given to the world in a, in a very intense way. So there's a, a deep connection there that you'll find in that series. There's also a book version of that as well. Um, and then there's um, 33 Days to Merciful Love, of course, would be also on Divine Mercy, which, I, as I mentioned before, it ends with the consecration of Divine Mercy. This, is, this would really be an appropriate month to do this 33 Days to Merciful Love here. Audio uh, Glory Stories has a story of St. Faustina, an audio drama. Um, food. Food is so easy. We do this. Um, we just make heart-shaped pancakes, and then we like put strawberries on one side coming out of the heart and whipped cream on the other. Super fun, super easy. You can do this with so many different types of food. You could do it with a cake. You could do it with a Rice Krispie Treat. You could do it with a brownie. I don't know. You could do it with lots of things. Craft for this month. There's a little Divine Mercy statue craft that you can print out for free from Catholic icing. You wrap Jesus around the toilet paper tube, and then you get the rays coming out of him. It's quite a cute little easy craft that kids love to do. So there you go. All right, so I told you. There we are, October 5th, four awesome feast days. And now we're going to jump all the way to October 22nd, which is the Feast of Pope St. John Paul II. It's an optional memorial, which seems crazy to me. It's optional because he's the best. And Pope St. John Paul II, of course, was our Pope from 1978. Um, on October 22nd is actually when he began his ministry as Pope. It's kind of like his inauguration day, so that's why that's his feast day. Uh, so he was from 1978 to 2005, and there is so much we could say about his incredible life, and I'm just going to leave you with, if you don't know his life story, along with a reading um, story of a soul, you need to know the story of JP2. Um, so a couple of books that you could read on that one would be Witness to Hope by George Weigel. Another would be St. John Paul the Great, His Five Loves by Jason Everett, two amazing books that really show his life. Um, so I would say Witness to Hope is probably a little more academic and, um, his five loves is a little more, uh, just like not, not like simple, easy read, but like, like a really, um, really graspable, uh, his five loves, like a, a way to really grasp the story of his life, like in a, in a way that's easy to grasp. So, um, prayers for this month, EWTN has a great list of prayers of JP2's prayers. So I'll link to that. You can pray one of his prayers that day. Audio, uh, Glory Stories, has a Pope St. John Paul II story. It's a double feature, so you get uh, a double, yeah, twice as long as their normal stories because there's so much to share because he's so awesome. There's also a couple of Pope John Paul II movies. Um, I will link to that. Um, and then, of course, that Divine Mercy and the Second Greatest Story Ever Told, that 10-part series, um, coming up again here because it's it's focuses on jp2 but you're going to see therese in there you're going to see faustina in there and you're also going to see margaret mary alacoque whose feast is on the 16th we're not doing a deep dive in her but um yeah it'd be a great series to watch this month because so many of those feast days are this month and then the second uh or the third i guess movie that i would recommend is the jeweler shop which was a screenplay or well just a play i guess written by carol Wojtyla who later became Pope John Paul II. It's like, we have a Pope who wrote a movie. How cool is that? So you can um, see that. Um, I'll link to that. It's also on form.org for free. So I told you, form.org is all over this. They should really sponsor this, but um, I just, that sounds like work um, that I don't want to have to do to set that up. So 
They just get freebies all month long here. But the jeweler shop, you should check it out. Um, it's a story that really puts JP2's theology of the body and love and responsibility like into like a story. Like you see the way they live their life. Um, kind of through this lens, which is really cool. So, I mean, it's not like amazing, but if you love JP2, it's really cool to see. Food for this month, I would suggest making creme mofka paiska. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's in Polish. It means papal cream cake, and it was JP2's favorite treat. You can, um, I'll link to a recipe uh for that but there's just some really cute stories about his love for this and he talks about how he used to um he and his friends would kind of all pitch their money together so they could get a cake and share it and there's a story about when he was in Poland and uh someone made him this cake because they knew it was his favorite cake <laughs> and this this sister who was his dietitian at the time um was kind of like pointing to the person who was serving the cake and was trying to show like you know the size of the cake he was like just she's like just a little bit like holy father needs to watch you know his sugar intake but then she kind of turned her back so she wouldn't see how much they actually gave him and he kind of pointed like no make it bigger (laughs) and so it's just this cute little story about how he got more of his favorite little cake there so you can make a papal cream cake on his feast day and remember jp2 Finally, craft that I'm going to link to is very simple craft is making a paper miter. Um, and I'm going to link to this. This is in my mommy blog. Um, it's like one of my most viewed posts on my mommy blog, which is fun. People like making paper miters. It's really not that hard. And a fun little thing to do on that day is make a pope hat. That's what the miter is, that tall pope hat. All right, last thing we're going to deep dive into is not technically a liturgical feast day, but the eve of a major solemnity, and that is All Saints Day, which is November 1st, and of course on October 31st is All Hallows Eve, or as we know in popular culture, Halloween. So just four things for you for Halloween, um, kind of ways to to build it into the liturgical year as opposed to... um, just this outsider thing, but recognizing its origins and its deep tie to All Saints Day. Uh, The first thing I would suggest doing for food would be making soul cakes. And soul cakes, they're what I call the original Halloween treat. Um, During the Middle Ages, um, on the night before All Saints Day or Hollow Mass would be another day for it, peasants and um, like peasant children called solars would this is the tradition they would go around town singing and praying for the souls of the dead and they would stop at homes and they would beg for what's called a soul cake which is more like a cookie and they would promise that if you um, gave them the soul cake then they would pray for the household's deceased family members to be released from purgatory and if a homeowner did not give out cakes then it was believed that their home would be cursed so you had to have your soul cakes on All Hallows Eve, on Hallow Mass, right? Um, and this is kind of the origination. The belief is that this is the origination of trick-or-treating. So you'd either, you know, uh, get a treat um, or you would, you know, keep your family in purgatory. So your choice. And there are um, several recipes out there, but they're basically like a small round cake, um, almost like a donut or a small cookie, sorry, 
to a donut-shaped treat, um, different variations. I will link to the recipe that we use every year. It's kind of like a spice cake or spice cookie. Um, and they're really delicious, to be honest. I, I like making them each year. And I'm also going to link to, this is a thing, okay? Like the song that they used to sing, like it's so traditional that Sting, the recording artist Sting, as in like Roxanne and Don't Stand So Close to Me, if I ever lose my faith in you, those that guy, right? He actually has like, I don't know if it's a cover. I don't know if you would call it that, but he has one of his songs is this song about soul cakes and the chorus is a soul cake, a soul cake. I pray thee, good missus, a soul cake. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Soul cake, soul cake, please, good missus, a soul cake. An apple, a pear, a plum, or a cherry, any good thing to make us merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, and three for him who made us all. And like, Sting's got this song. Like, so this is like a thing. This isn't coming out of left field. This is a long tradition here. So I will link to that. You can um, listen to Sting sing about soul cakes while you make them on All Hallows Eve. Two more links I'm going to give you. Uh, One is, actually three, is a book list. Um, Several years ago, I wanted to find books that were about Halloween, but weren't like ghosts and goblins and things. So I have a book list for kids that I linked to that has about, I don't know, 10 or 15 books you can get from the library that feature Halloween kind of in this tone of All Saints Day or at least uh, somewhat. And then I'm going to link to a pumpkin carving prayer. It's a little cheesy, but you know, kids, uh, kids, they latch on to this kind of stuff. So it's a little prayer you can pray as you carve your pumpkin talking about, you know, like letting your light shine, things like that. And then finally, I'm going to link to a uh, series of printouts from Look to Him and Be Radiant. Beautiful blog. She's so great. And it's Finding Truth in Halloween. Um, so it just talks about kind of all those Halloween traditions. And it goes back to like, well, where did they come from? Where are its roots in the Catholic Church? And they're kind of for older kids. So it's an excellent little resource. So I will link to that. All right. Other celebrations of note for this month. October 11th is the Feast of St. John the 23rd, which is an optional memorial. And uh, John the 23rd, Pope St. John Paul the 23rd, is known for calling Vatican II, uh, which began on October 11th, 1962. Thus, this feast day on that date. And then uh, Teresa of Jesus, who is also known as Teresa of Avila. Uh, she's our great saint from Spain, another Teresa doctor of the church. This is her... A memorial on the 15th. Um, and I, I wish we could do a whole <laughs> a whole deep dive into her, but she was born um, in 1515. So if you recall, this is a time uh, in Spain when, when the Moors, so the Turkish Muslims, were trying to take over. And when she was seven, she tried to run away because she wanted to die as a martyr. Um, yeah. So eventually she became a, a Carmelite and she was buddies with St. John of the Cross. And together they worked to reform many of the Carmelite convents in Spain. So she's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to link to Quiet Waters has an audio on her. So I'm going to link to that. That's that's my one Teresa of Avila thing I'll give you. The 16th is Margaret Mary Alacoque, optional memorial. She is known for promoting the sacred heart of Jesus. On the 18th is St. Luke, the evangelist, as in the writer of the Gospel of Luke. That's his feast day. The 19th is St. Isaac Jogues, John de Bebeuf, I think is how you say it, and Companions, of course, um, which is a memorial here in the United States. And I, I have to mention them because Kevin would disown me if I didn't mention them. This is one of his favorite group of men. They are French Jesuit missionaries to Canada. 
Um, so Isaac and Kateri are actually the co-patrons of Canada. And they were, you know, brutally tortured and eventually martyred. Um, so if you enjoy those kinds of stories about people getting their thumbs cut off and that kind of thing, um, look them up. This feast day is for you. And then finally on the 28th is Saints Simon and Jude, two apostles. It's their feast day. Um, Jude is also known as Thaddeus, and he's the patron saint of Impossible. That's why we have lots of hospitals named after him. Um, and then Simon is in Simon the Zealots, not as in Simon Peter. So you, so you keep those two apart. All right, that's it. Man, these get longer every time. There's just so much I could say, and I'm not even giving you everything. So I hope you enjoy them. I hope you enjoy the details, and I hope you have a holy, blessed month growing in your faith through living the liturgical life of the church. So how to challenge, of course, is to pick two things to do this month, just two, two feast days to celebrate, just one way to celebrate each of those. Uh, you can do more, of course, but try to get in at least two. And if you do, you can uh, post it on Instagram. I love seeing your how-to Catholic, hashtag how-to Catholic feast day post. So thank you so much. It brings so much joy to my heart to see people uh, taking these things into practice and living them out. So for all the links uh, to the ideas, prayers, resources, books, all the stuff that I shared, again, you can find them in the show notes and at madetomagnify.com. Until next month, be saints. It's worth it.